Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rewild My Bio. I am so thrilled to be here with you today. I am your host, Sean Slade, and I hope you guys are doing good out there. Hope you've got a lot of awesome and exciting fall activities that you're into right now in the rewilding world. Uh, I myself have been out hunting for deer multiple times now. I've also done some small game hunting, and it is just Really, it's become my favorite time of year to be out in the woods and just interacting with nature and connecting with where I get my food from. So, yeah, that's been uh, that's been me basically. Other than that, what else is new on the food front? I know I have plenty of uh, I've got plenty of mason jars that are cleaned and ready to be filled with cabbage and peppers and all sorts of things. And I even actually got back into making some beer recently. So I've got a uh, spruce tip pale ale and a double IPA that I am looking forward to bottling here in the next week or so to have that ready for the holidays. Um, so yeah, things just moving along. The, tr- the trees have uh, beautiful colors still here in uh, southwestern Ontario, but they are starting to fall now. And uh, yeah, what a beautiful time of year. So I hope you guys are out there enjoying it, getting your hands dirty still. And uh, yeah, even getting some cold exposure because we're getting down to some almost freezing temperatures here in Ontario. So um, yeah, I'm actually looking at getting a big old uh, horse trough or a water trough, if you will, for livestock and uh, using that as my cold therapy, my plunge tank here for the winter. So um, stay tuned. I'll be posting some pictures. I'm sure I got a chal- I got challenged to an ice, uh, an ice bath, I guess, from a friend So on Instagram. So I'm going to take her up on that challenge with this uh, fancy new trough plunge tub. So anywho, um, what else can I tell you? What else is new? Well, there is a new newsletter coming out this weekend. Um, I'm putting it together right now, actually, for the full moon. Um, and in that, I'm going to have another blog. So I've got one blog up here at the beginning of the month in the last newsletter. I've got two full moons, so I'm trying to stick to that here this month, and I'm going to release on Saturday. And in that, I'm going to have an article that I'm reading, actually kind of synthesizing what I've been researching right now for my uh, this paper that I'm looking at publishing on the health or the relationship between health and nature relatedness. So specifically, I've got a great article in the works on uh, the health benefits of contact with nature and how nature connection or nature relatedness, as it's referred to, uh, impacts human health. So a little bit of science behind human rewilding, if you will. Um, Other than that, in that newsletter, I will have a link to the mountain meditation that is up now. Uh, And I posted that, I believe, the last episode out, which wasn't really I wasn't really counting it as an episode so it's just something extra for you guys I have gotten a lot of great feedback from that already so I hope you guys are enjoying that um, and yeah I'm just overall I'm just happy to have these blogs and meditations up and going and having that website look a little more like I always envisioned it here within year one of launching this podcast so thanks to you guys who are listening and providing feedback and sharing it with friends as always so um, this coming full moon another thing I wanted to mention really exciting for me I'm actually um well this is the second full moon of the month so this is a this is a blue moon and uh it's special because it's actually happening on Halloween right so I have a my friend uh Drake over at Three Ridges Farm I'm actually heading over to his place here uh, before the weekend before Halloween to uh, process a lamb for my freezer so that's going to be a new experience for me in procuring and connecting with my food um and going down to a farm and helping out um Richard he's going to be joining as well so um yeah and then the next day on Saturday we're going to have a fun-filled family event um with a whole bunch of different folks and their families and we're going to have a lamb roast so it's uh yeah really exciting time and uh yeah it's just i 
you guys know this, but I love connecting with my food. It helps me understand my connection to the earth, to the cosmos. It, you know, it is this rewilding lifestyle that I love and, you know, it allows me to expand my awareness or my consciousness and connect with my food, right? Um, and that's just so important to me. And, you know, it's much more to me than just, say, being like a wild foodie and doing it all for the uh, the foodgasms and what have you, the food porn. It really is something that connects me with uh, who I am, I believe, at a deeper level. So actually, that said, that's a great segue to get into the topic of the day, and that is telepathy flow states, and the art and science of expanding consciousness. So I've got two wild and wonderful guests today, and they are Angie Aristone and Roderick Allen. Um, They are the authors of the book, Consciousness Becomes You. And to be honest, I really do wish I had the chance to read their book prior to this interview, because I will say that I was ill-prepared or I felt ill-prepared. It was a great episode, but um, just, you know, I had my mind blown many, many times throughout our conversation. And it was, honestly, it was just awesome. So I, as a disclaimer to you guys, I think I say far out a lot, um, but you can tell it was totally genuine because my guests, um, they just over and over again in this episode continued to amaze me with their knowledge and experience in quantum physics and all things conscious living. So um, yeah, it really was a treat because I had As you'll hear in this episode, I've known these individuals before from going to sweat lodges, but I had no idea what I was jumping into and now nearing the end of that book. So still not complete, but uh, it is definitely something that I'm really enjoying reading and I will make sure I have everything to that book and Angie's website linked in the show notes of this episode, which is rewildmybio.com slash consciousness becomes you. So... Some of you might already be saying, uh, you know, what does all this mean? What are these words, um, flow states, telepathy, uh, you know, and it's actually something I think is important. And we actually end up, you know, starting this episode off with some terminology that I believe is important to break down. And I also share, Angie shares her sentiment and I share that sentiment regarding the current vocabulary that, you know, around this stuff that sometimes maybe carries some like old world baggage, um, you know, like, like the woo-woo stuff around, say, psychic or animal communication and, and all these things. So we address that in the beginning, which I think was good, and then we get way past that and dive deep into some of the art and science of this stuff. So I also say this because if you're a naysayer, I want to address this here again because, um, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that might be skeptical of this stuff, rightfully so, but please stick around because, you know, Angie and Rod's personal biographies and their research um, and some of the research they've been a part of, I think is really, really interesting for a lot of people that might, you know, sit on the fence as a skeptic in this regard. And please come with your questions because I think this is a, a great space for it. So I, for one, as you know, am not a naysayer and I, uh, or I mean, not to say I'm not a skeptic, but I'm of this specifically, I've, I've been there before and uh, no longer a naysayer. And my quest for knowledge and these practices um, that help me expand my consciousness is kind of my purpose here. It's, it really truly is part of the reason as to why I'm here, because I believe that through expanding consciousness, we're able to fully reach true health or optimal health, right? It's, we sometimes look at our so mechanicalized in the West that we're looking at, say, a sore back as something that's mechanical. We're not addressing necessarily that that could very well be some type of emotional, energetic uh, pains and things like that. So uh, again, and if you've followed along long enough on the show, you definitely have heard many guests and many episodes talking about just that. So um, what else can I say about here today? Uh, Well, one thing I think 
is unique to this conversation is our topic around, or discussion rather, around uh, human nature. You know, it's, we're able to expand our consciousness by channeling certain brave wave, you know, frequencies and whatnot. And I think it's interesting how the Schumann resonance is the same frequency our brain is in when we are in a flow state. So the Schumann resonance, um, you know, is that vibration of the earth essentially, or the, the resonance of the earth. So if we're out of sync with the earth's frequency or the Schumann resonance, we begin to, you know, exhibit signs of discomfort, things like anxiety, insomnia, illness, all sorts of, you know, suppressed immune system, things like this, right? Things that are important to know. Um, however, if we're actually, you know, we've discovered or science has discovered when we are in tune with this frequency, the Schumann resonance, um, which is 7.83, the body is able to heal and, you know, increase vitality and be pro-life. So I just think it's really, really fascinating stuff. We dive into that today. Um, and I also say this stuff too for, again, those skeptics because um, this type of ability is something we all have. It's within our nature. So this can be done without any dogmatic or say new age spiritual beliefs. Um, you know, it's because we are human, we have this ability. So it's um, really, it's another reason I'm super happy to live, you know, be alive in this time. Um, and not saying that I need science to say validate this type of stuff, but um, it's just interesting is all to, you know, be living in a time where Newtonian physics is kind of turned up, I'm not say turned up on its head, but at least has to take a back seat right now as we start to explore quantum physics and what this means for, you know, human health and consciousness specifically. So it was a real treat to get to know these guys a lot better. We had a lovely walk down by the beach later and I got to know them further. So uh, just truly blessed and honored to have them share everything here in this episode. I would love to have them back because now after reading the book, I've got lots more questions and uh, yeah, please stop by and check out Angie's website all her courses and her coaching, everything that she offers is there. And again, you can buy the book, Consciousness Becomes You. Um, we can buy that on Amazon or also on Angie's site. So please stick around at the end of the episode. I'll share all that there. And uh, yeah, check out all the show notes at rewildmybio.com slash consciousness becomes you. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Rewild My Bio self-help and alternative health podcast. I'm your host, Sean Slade. Join me as I share stories, science, and strategies to help you rewild your biology and redefine your biography. like that we are on the air with angie aristone and rod i'm just gonna call you rod please do all right because that's a lot easier to say yeah welcome to the show guys thanks thanks so much sean um yeah so i'm really excited to talk to you guys today um one because this has been an area of personal interest for in all my personal interests this is a relatively new one i guess to actually somewhat academically i guess you could say acquire knowledge on all things flow states and channeling and telepathy and how to harness that intuition that is part of our consciousness going way, way, way back throughout uh, our evolution, right? Right. So, yeah. So anyways, that said, um, welcome to the show and please uh, entertain my naive and, and new, I'm, I'm like a total like second grader when it comes to this stuff. So I think where I'm at hopefully will help our listeners and anybody out there who's looking at actually, actually like saying, hey, what's this about? And then um, how do I go about harnessing this ability that I now know, I mean, I, I, I believe anyways, that we all have this ability, right? So, Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that said, um, I guess it was 
as I had just said to you, it was um, on Instagram. I had saw that you posted something saying, um, I'm speaking at Western University about flow states and, and channeling. And I'm thinking, that's awesome that this is at the university. So I thought this would be a great podcast. And then uh, we had met, I think, a while back, social gathering when those were still allowed in a thing. <laughs> and then, uh, no, again, at a sweat lodge, I met you both, mm-hmm. met you right there. So and I was, um, yeah, we have mutual friends. And from there, I started to say, wow, this is really amazing, your work. And what you do, and I had a little sample of it recently um, when you had uh, done a channeling uh, for, for my aunt, I guess, and, and myself. Or I guess it was for myself, not my aunt. It was for myself. I don't even recall that. Well, no, it was, you don't. No. Well, it, was, it, was my, it was my past, my dog who had passed away, my family dog. Oh, okay. That's how we had, it was on the phone. Oh, okay. Right? So then I, from there, I was like, hey, this is pretty awesome. Nice. We've got to get you in. And that, um I guess we'll we'll chat about it today and I don't want to just jump right in, but obviously some folks out there listening might be skeptic of this type of stuff. So um, I have to say that in my experience in harnessing my own flow states and in working with other individuals, energy workers, when something sits and lands the way it did when I was with you, Mm -hmm. there's that uh, integrity and authenticity that I feel like just rings true. Um, Yeah. So, so that said, um, tell us about your journey into uh, being a, telepathic uh individual or a, a channeler i guess what would what would you you know i try not to refer to it at all <laughs> okay <laughs> well and i saw that on you because that was one of my questions because coming at it academically i'm like all these terms are essentially to me i'm like hey where's the different what's different i hate to argue semantics but it might be important so maybe we'll go there eventually but uh yeah what would you what would you call it then? well i try not to refer, i genuinely try not to talk about it like i right. i don't like using mm. the word psychic i don't like using the word medium and yet those are all things that are part of the work that i do mm-hmm. so for me the interest is more in um understanding intuition via flow states than it is coming at it from some new age place of spirit guides and magic rocks like that to me that's not my that's not my interest no and after chatting with you about it a little bit yeah it seems that uh, your grasp on things or your delivery of your programming that as well is is very practical right right well i think it's more accessible and there's no need to have a belief system i mean we are all wired this way Mm -hmm. and everyone is capable of a flow state everybody is constantly pursuing them anyways Mm -hmm. so why not understand what they can do and what they can yield for you exactly right so that's really where where my interest and i I really appreciate that uh perspective on it because i think that's it it resonates with me anyways yeah and i'd say that in my experience having done different um practices uh with different lineages and whatnot to achieve these things at the end of the day close you can close your eyes and get into the flow state without any uh, dogmatic belief system behind it or tool necessarily, right? Yeah. Right. And I think that what tends to happen when you start looking at calling a psychic or calling a medium, there tends to be this old school baggage associated with it that I think that's really what I'm trying to avoid. For sure. Mm -hmm. So you're Angie. I am. (laughs) Welcome, Angie. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, no, that's that's way better. So tell us how you developed this ability within your, yourself okay. and uh, how you got to where you are, where you're working with clients and you're you know, creating programming and, and writing books about it. Right. Um, so I had a very early experience uh, when my kids were small and uh, sat down to close my, sat down, close my eyes to meditate and had an intense and profound experience with my grandfather, who I didn't really have a lot of memories of. Um, things that came up in that, in that experience, I then later checked out with my mom and it just spurred more interest for me. 
And it made me sit down and work on having those experience, repeating the experience day after day after day. As I did that, that was sort of me doing my due diligence of, okay, what is this? Mm -hmm. How does this work? And why is this working? You know? Um, so I would take time every day and meditate, write down on a piece of paper, what I had experienced, Mm -hmm. deliver that piece of paper to whoever I felt like that belonged to. And then slowly that started to blossom into, I need more people to practice on. So I started contacting my brothers, frat buddies, and the sorority sisters. And then before I knew it, I was getting phone calls. So it just sort of happened on its own. But it was really just me trying to understand what is this? Mm-hmm. What's working? What's exactly going on here? Right. And, and um that took me a long time. Now, I took those early journals in to see Imants Barus, who is a uh, professor at Western, teaches on altered states of consciousness at King's College. And I took him, uh, took him my journals, and we mm-hmm. spent four hours going through my each experience uh, and breaking them down. And he said, okay, yes, you're psychic. So <laughs> I would love for you to come in and talk about your experiences with my class. Okay. And that, ha- that started what now almost... 20 years ago. 20 years. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Wow. So I've, yeah, wow. Uh, yeah. So I've been going in there and, and f- for 20 years, mm-hmm. like four, six times a year to mm-hmm. different, you know, different levels of undergrad right. and having awesome. various conversations, reading the class, mm-hmm. talking about, well, you know, what did you see? What do we, what, how do we feel about what came out? Mm-hmm. Um, so each class has been a slightly different experience than the last and has sort of culminated, you know, built up over time right. and changed through time, but yeah. Very neat. Have you um, been a part of any research then there, like at all, or what's... A little. A little bit. What's yes. uh, What kind of research, I guess, on that front? I'm trying to remember now. It's been a while. We've yeah. done some EVP stuff. We've done some... EVP? Um, electro, electronic voice phenomenon. Okay. Um, oh, really? Yeah, we've done a variety of things, Imants and I. Small studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably one of the most interesting ones was when... Imants decided that he wanted to contact some um, physicists, okay. dead physicists, I see. Um, oh. and see if we, again, try we and verify that these are in fact the dead physicists that Angie is talking to and connecting with. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, based on their based on their work and literature and, and some of the stuff that... Well, um, he would just called me over one day and he says, I want to talk to some dead scientists. Okay, yeah. And I have, just so you know, mm-hmm. I have grade nine science. Okay. And that's, yep. I mean, aside from my anthropology degree, I don't have, yeah, cool. I don't have a science okay, background. Right. Yep. Um, so none of these people had any, you know, were even on my radar, but mm. he wanted to talk specifically to Richard Feynman. Okay. And I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah. he um, had me just do my thing. I, I waited for images to come. I told him what I was seeing and feeling. He, at one point, um, he, he asked outright, ask Richard, what is the fine structure structure constant? constant." Right. That has no meaning to me. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Again, me neither. (laughs) Right. So he was looking for a very specific number. He was looking for the square root of one over 137. So in, uh, the number that Richard gave me was 0.085. And then he stopped me and he said, no, that's not it. 
And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I screwed that up. Mm -hmm. um, and then he gave that information to his uh, writing partner. He just wrote a book called Transcendent Mind, and this story is actually in that book. Okay. Um, and so at, when he phoned her to basically say that his experience with me was a total fail, mm -hmm. the phone died, and she had the 0 0.08 number written into her um, calculator on her desk. So she later looked it up okay. and found this quote that essentially said... Um, Most physicists would know the fine structure constant as 1 over square root of 137. Okay. I know it as 0 0.08. Five, da, seven, da, yeah. da, da. So it was a, a very specific <laughs> right. quote specific to Richard Feynman. Right. That, and I think this is, what's, well, this is a very... We, uh, we call it like a third-person blind mm -hmm validation okay where neither the sitter nor angie would know the information but then but the dead they go on does. later on do some research and figure it out oh this angie was correct like so That's what, yeah it's it's an indication that wow. it's not like she's picking up information psychically from the field but right. rather um specifically, specifically from that person, from a person. right yeah. because it's tuning into their specific uh frequency and their Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll put a peg in that or maybe we'll go there now, but I'll ask some like, I guess, prior questions. Cause that's kind of my one question is like, what exactly is it? Are we tuning into a frequency, a soul or, but I'll, I'll put, maybe I'll put a pin in that. Um, well, no, you know what? Let's, I can answer that. Let's go there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what's, I mean, yeah. one of the, the last conversation that I had in the last class that I went and spoke hmm. in at Western, right. the conversation was, is this super psi versus um, survival of consciousness was the conversation. Uh, yeah. In other words, am I pulling the information out of you mm -hmm. sitting across from me or am I getting it from an alternative source mm -hmm. that is independent of both of us? Okay. And the big question is, does individual consciousness survive after death? Right. And I think to me, that's probably one of the most important questions mm -hmm. to consider both scientifically and generally because the implications are so enormous. Mm -hmm. Because if your consciousness is not in your brain. Yeah. Well, then it totally changes a lot in the materialistic science paradigm as of right now, which, and again, with quantum physics and things like that, my knowledge being very limited there, but yeah, we're starting to understand things like that on a, on a different level, right? So, um, well, geez, that's, uh, that takes me off into a whole different brain sphere there. But uh, tell, tell me, Rod, I guess, well, well, I'm, uh, we're still doing the kind of introduction stuff. How did you uh, get interested in all this topic? What's uh, uh, so I, I think in high school, I started reading quantum physics books oh, yeah. and uh, was introduced to the Seth material, um, read all the Seth books was like deep down this rabbit hole. So that's what we met. That was kind of one of the reasons mm. that we, we hit it off so okay. quickly because okay. uh, we were both into this weird niche Right. Um, we're both reading Seth Speaks at the same time, unbeknownst to each other. Okay. Interesting. Which is weird because I wasn't reading any channeling books. I mean, it was a very kind of off topic thing well, for me to be reading. 20 years ago too, right? Right. So it's still not, uh, the, the new age was not, the new new age it, is not necessarily even born yet. It wasn't born, even yet. born yet. Right. No, not right. at all. Um, okay. So that's, so that's. Uh, but Rod your... has a degree in chemistry and another one in biophysics. Okay. So ah, his, yeah, he's wired a completely different so way. So you weren't lying when you said it, your left brain. Cause right. I, I did not know this yet. So I'm excited. Yeah. This right. is, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, within the 20 years though, what I guess you guys both commenting on like research though, you know, you're speaking at the university and it's become part of the, the mainstream. And now with uh, quantum physics, even um, being more understood throughout mainstream, like what have you guys seen as far as 
research on, um, you know, telepathy and, and channeling in this as it started to increase. Cause my, my, again, my naive assumption is that, um, it's not so tangible, materialistic science. What, what good is this? Like there's no money to be made. Like again, being a PhD student, I'm trying to get grants for everything. Mm-hmm. I know that it's, it's hard to get them. So without something that's like, ah, the wonder pill, then it's it, within health science, it's tough. So what have you guys seen as far as like research coming out or maybe why isn't there more? Uh, I think you hit it right on the head there. There's, it's been systematically research into consciousness has been systematically eliminated from academia. So, uh, so Amon's is one of uh, less than 10, I think maybe five tenured professors who actually study human consciousness in the world. Well, we're going to, I'll definitely link that in the show notes because it's right here in London, Mm -hmm. Ontario too, which I had no idea. Right. Um, Interesting. Okay. So, and, and you're saying more so again, because I had commented on money and finance. I mean, that's one perspective of looking at it, but like why, why else, I guess, consciousness from like um, having recently, I TA'd a uh, social determinants of mental health course and it was great. Um, A lot of critical perspectives, Carl Jung's work. And again, just kind of calling for a different look at the biomedical or looking at psychotherapy through that biomedical lens as this, chemical imbalances and things like that. And I guess with this um, kind of social determinant lens on, we see that there has to be a zooming out and it's not always the individual that has some chemical imbalance or could be social factors and energetic or spiritual factors, right? So this is where consciousness, to me anyways, deserves that equal piece of that pie in, in psychotherapy, right? So Yeah, I and I, th- I think that when, you're, when you use a flow state to alter your brain waves you get give yourself access to different parts of yourself where you can naturally reorganize your past mm. your present right. your perception of yourself and it creates lasting change much like okay. psychedelics yeah uh, ayahuasca for example will take you into an altered state which will you can come to conclusions about yourself in those places that will last forever right yeah Um, create lasting change. Mm -hmm. And I think that flow offers you that same thing. Mm -hmm. So in many ways, I think just exploring going in rather than going out Mm, is equally as valid and definitely as profound change wise. And Amons has pointed out that there's a significant portion of mental health issues that are essentially existential anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Born into a world needing, needing money. I'm, in the process of reading sacred economics by Charles Eisenstein and just talking about that, you know, existential angst that is requiring money to live. Like it's some sacred thing. However, it's, it's not so, not so much. Well, it's, it's money. It's that feeling like I'm trapped in an illusion or something isn't, isn't right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's that feeling that in the, like the, the beginning of the movie, the matrix gets so well. Oh yeah. It's like something just isn't right here and I can't quite figure out what it is. Right. And everything I'm being told goes against what my I intuitively understand. Intuitive. Yeah. Right? So when you get that continuous materialist mindset yeah. and well, that dismisses people's personal experience, um, particularly internal and says you're crazy, right? That creates an enormous cognitive dissonance of oh, especially for people who are intuitive and having mm-hmm what are very natural experiences that I think, you know, most indigenous cultures embrace and and, and support and understand the the power importance of, and then you're told, Oh no, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or that it's magical thinking. Yeah. 
Well, I've had, I've personally, I can speak to personal experience here because this is what I want to tell you is I had it read out of me essentially, right? And mm-hmm. I think right now we're all feeling that cognitive dis- dissonance right now in the collective, right? With what we're seeing on the news and what we might be mm-hmm. experiencing. And, and everyone's, it's an interesting time because I think we're all being kind of forced into, hey, you've used this sixth sense a little bit more right now specifically. But back to like me being it read out of me, it's, um, yeah, throughout like most of my younger years, like as much as early as I can remember, it kind of felt like, um, I was able to like watch myself in a movie and remove and like, so if I was on the playground and playing with kids and I don't know, I just remember, I felt like things were a magnetic, magnetic in some way towards me. And I was able to remove myself. And then I had a series of concussions and things, um, that actually kind of like made navigating that space. Like I could go farther out and zoom farther out and it kind of made it, uh, scary as a kid. Cause again, I'm raised in, you know, traditional, uh, family in a small town, uh, you know, raised Christian. So this type of stuff, you know, well, as soon as you say that to an adult, mm. what your experience was immediately, they go, they freak out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When I remember falling off the monkey bars in like grade two and seeing the white light and I had actually explained this on another podcast, but, uh, yeah, it was, um, brief second went out of my body, came back and, and that was it. And I mean, I, I don't think I told anybody that till later, but I mean, multiple concussions, multiple weird dreams. And then, of course, just getting into uh, puberty age, chasing girls. Well, it wasn't until, uh, well, I won't say plant medicines, but it wasn't until meditation and yoga where I started achieving flow states in there after meditation, Mm -hmm. prolonged after meditating more often. And then, uh, yeah, really for me, it was, I guess, in part the ayahuasca experience I had in 2014 that I believe uh, showed me the way. Didn't necessarily like show me how to get back there or anything like that. But it's like, Hey, this is totally possible here. And, um, and then burning man experience was like a training ground for me last year in that regard. So again, um, I guess it's been a, it's been about a 10 year journey for me, um, relearning this innate ability of us all. So yeah, I guess maybe you can speak towards how can we, or how can we start to, I guess, recognize maybe when we're in these flow states, we can get practical a bit. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, so I, I first want to just sort of, say that, you know, that your first seven years, you're deeply intuitive. You're very plugged into yourself and the world around you, unless you have a very traumatizing childhood. Uh, but a typical child is going to be very intuitive until their ego develops. So your beta I, brain waves don't actually beta brain brain waves being the brain wave that is indicative that you're in your ego, right? You're thinking rather and than until that flow. point, it's alpha brain waves, which right. is the right. flow state. Exactly. Right. Okay, right. So it okay. looks like okay. from the touched on that from that research, it looks like we're in flow right. as all children yeah. all the time. Yeah. Which is yeah. a psychedelic experience. I mean, it must be, right? It is. <laughs> it totally is. Yeah. But then you go to school, you you train that brainwave, you entrain that brainwave, mm-hmm. you really grind it in by adding to your storehouse of knowledge, mm-hmm. but with facts and details and school and study and all of that. And you start to really focus a lot of your time in that beta brainwave. Our entire society is built for the beta brainwave. Coffee, nicotine, get shit done, nine to five, grind, 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 me versus you, competition, ladder of status. These are all beta brainwave behaviors. Education and industry and everything. It's the base of the matrix. That's what it is. Yes, without a doubt. So, so... When the entire world around you is built for your ego, Mm -hmm. which also when you're in your Mm -hmm. ego, you are separate from Mm -hmm. and you are not intuitive. Mm -hmm. Right. 
you are, it's, I'm over you're here and it. you're over there. That was there. one of my questions is where, where is the ego in all of this? And like, uh, well, the ego we'll is in your beta, your, your beta and your ego is right. sort of like a, t- a tethered mm-hmm. situation. Right. Now, when you yeah. go lose yourself doing something that you love to do to the point where you lose track of time and space, your beta shuts off, your ego shuts off. Mm-hmm. You can still take everything you know from that storehouse of knowledge, but you bring it into an alpha state. You bring it into a flow state. You feel connected to right. everything. You suddenly feel like everything feels right in the world. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. there I am. It's not like you lose that. It's you bring that with you. Bring you it with you. It. And I'm, again, you thank you for stupid. saying that because yeah. again, it's not just like all of a sudden we hit this flow state and I'm now the world's best uh, mechanic or something. No, I'm not. I'm the same guy. Same so guy. My not like again. This is why when I apply it to say a, a workshop, a small group workshop of teaching people how to ferment or doing some type of health right. promotion, you're bringing that storehouse of knowledge exactly. into that, and yeah, then you're bringing that like. into your flow state. Yes. Okay. Cool. But then what happens okay. once you get into that state? You're not you you have an opportunity to feel connected with everything. And then all of a sudden you have access to different information. You have access to even gamma waves, those, those aha moments, those burst, those the download moments where all of a sudden you understand something in a flash. Right. And then if it take you like a much longer time to explain what it is that you just understood in that flash, because right. you have to unpack that download. Ah, right. Right. Um, okay. So, so what I'm saying to you is you're intuitive as soon as you leave your beta brainwaves. Right. The second you shut your beta off or you well, I'm not even saying I'm going to say that you shut it off completely. Right. It fades into the background yeah. and your alpha and your theta starts to move to the surface. Starts to be pronounced and right. in that place, you lo- time is warped. It speeds up. It slows down. It can feel like it's going on for a long, long time or like it passes in a flash. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have access to all kinds of information that you can access via your own curiosity and focus. So let's mm. say you're snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay. You're snowboarding. Everything is great. You're not feeling like Sean the ego. Mm-hmm. You're just dude rolling down the hill. Feeling like the powder. Right. Right. And in that observer place where yeah. you kind of, you're, you're kind, kind of, of one right. with everything. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. You can intuit what's coming prior. You can have access to a future moment just prior to it, ha- to it happening. So time, yeah. time is wonky, mm-hmm. right? Totally. So this is intuition now where you're, do you see what I'm saying? Right. Yep. Yep. Now using that or learning how to get into an alpha state without needing to snowboard right. is something that everybody can do. You don't need to be on a snowboard to mm-hmm. do it. You can be hula hooping. You mm-hmm. can be meditating. You can be in the middle of an ayahuasca journey. Would it be specific to that individual sometimes then? Like what, like as a good skateboarder, they like a professional skateboarder or snowboarder would hit flow. You know, you would think within that thing more so than maybe if they were doing something right. else like playing baseball or something. I don't know. Uh, yes, absolutely. You want to definitely so pursue things that you have some mastery of. Yeah. Okay. But people who have some mastery now are sort of trained in that state and can summon that state much faster, even right. when they're not necessarily pursuing the thing. They're kind of like a tool in a sense for exactly. them, right? Like you said, the ayahuasca, or for me, a, a drum, if I hear a drum or a sweat lodge, I can- Induce yeah, a state. Induce a state, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. The research says that elite athletes do show more alpha theta brainwaves. 
resting mm-hmm. and doing any other activities. So you can drag oh, that state into right. the rest of your life. So I just call it cultivating that state. So okay. can you find it and then drag it on for longer and longer periods throughout your day? Okay. And if you can do that, I mean, now you're really t- retraining what part of you is showing up mm-hmm. and your relationship with the rest of the world. Are you connected to it or is it you versus the world? Mm. Is it I'm alone in this world or I'm connected to it? It also changes then what's a priority for you in your life, what you value now in your life. If you're connected to things Mm. versus disconnected from things, what matters? Right. I mean, you're going to have a very different set of priorities and values if you're connected to everything. Right. Because what hurts me hurts you. Without a doubt. It, it is a shift of consciousness overall, which kind of, again, you, you take into your life. And I mean, I'm just, as you're speaking, I'm, or I'm thinking about nature and mm-hmm. my connection to it. And the last week being stranded, air quotes, up there on the land and having that ability to kind of um, use nature as a tool to just mm-hmm. feel connected. It's like, hey, I'm alone. Like, not for a very long time, I haven't felt alone while in nature because it's just like right. you can't if you lift that veil, so to speak, or look for that. And for me, walking in, in nature, I will consciously before walking in a lot of times stop and listen with all senses kind of take try to take that back seat I imagine myself kind of sitting in the back seat and then breathe and then normally it's like an animal call or a gust of wind something that will tell me okay here here we are right and right. the most effective the tra- uh, brainwave entrainment method I think is nature is no, nature yeah. yeah so that's what I yeah I want to kind of chat with you you about is what was it when you were developing this that was your tool? Did you have a tool or what worked for, for me? You? It was yeah. curiosity and focus to have a child. You know how, when you are in a flow, st- like when I roller skate, when I feel like I'm seven, mm. because I loved to roller skate as a child. And what happens is, is that part of me comes online that doesn't think it knows everything. That part of me mm. that, that genuinely wants to know mm-hmm. that doesn't think it already has the answer. So that's what I bring when I'm to each client, when I'm having a phone call with a stranger that's in another city, yeah. you know, I bring that same, I don't act like I already know. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't elicit that part of myself. I mm-hmm. let myself concentrate on my own curiosities, focus on what I'm wondering about in regards to the person that I'm talking to. Right. So you that's know, your, your tool is curiosity. My tool is curiosity. That's very, very helpful for me because I'm very much a mental intuitive. And I'm, I'm, what's what's the book with the four types of intuitives? I don't know if you guys know that one. I don't know it. I'm going to look it up and I'll put it in the show notes because it was a good book. And it kind of really, again, not to say that one is just one, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely a more mentally inclined individual. So mm-hmm. being able to separate. So once developing this, for me, the challenge is like, okay, where's, where's my ego? And where's like the spirit or even developing or being cautious of developing like a spiritual ego right. and like mm-hmm. trying to trick myself like, ah, oh, you're so smart. You know the answer. You got right. it. And it's like, is that flow state or is that my ego just being like, haha, I'm, I'm the man. You know what I mean? So I don't know if there's, yes. if that happens to you yeah. or if that's a thing that people deal with. It's a constant struggle. It's a constant struggle because, you know, it, it's never cut and dry. Your ego and your authentic self kind of blend and merge and come and go and they touch each other all day long, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's a very tricky thing and you need to learn, um, if you're trying, you're in your ego. Right. If you're curious, you're not. You said that and it's just, uh, it's a goosebump maker for sure. Cause I would say, yeah, that's my, yeah. my experience of it right yeah. so to and me that's the short answer yeah that's a good answer to help you discern and i've asked that question to other people when talking about the ego and, and psychology and and that and i think it's or just consciousness 
it's like, how do you, how do you know the difference? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and, well, in, and keeping a constant sense of humility, mm-hmm. because as soon as you make a conclusion that pulls you into yeah. thinking and you're out of thinking. flow. Right. So as and soon as you say, Oh, I'm doing it or this, I'm doing great. Right. right. Pulls well, you that, out. That's been my, it was been my biggest thing ever since starting to meditate is just don't figure this out. Go, go to these places maybe. And so for me, it's, uh, it's become more visual in, in recent years, but uh, felt sense as well when say doing like a shamanic journey or some dream work or what have you. And it's, it's just, um, yeah, it's, I guess just for me, it's a, it's a visual place, but as soon as I start to go, Oh, there's that's there and I know that's there. Then it kind of pulls me back out of that. And it's, um, yeah, it's interesting. And I've done neural feedback training before where I've kind of tried to access this state. And it right. was interesting as soon as I started to like ego Sean start to look around in these places. Right. And then it was like, Oh, you, you, hear, you hear the noise on the machine going, bing, 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 get back. Yeah. As soon as you analyze, conclude. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, being a, a, a thinker type person, it's just like, how do, uh, how does one, well, you how does let one it, find the tools or how can I hack this stuff a little bit better? Well, right? you like, have to be open yeah. to the fact that Ego Sean's going to come online every once in a while. Yeah. So let him come online and uh, let him know so. also it's time to like go take a seat. Right. You take know? Nap, yeah. And so for me, oftentimes what I do, and we talk about this, like, um, how can you tell when you're in and how can you tell when you're out? Well, if you're trying, mm-hmm. you're in your ego. If you're discerning, you're in your connected mind. You're connected. I see. If you are invested in the outcome, you're in your ego. Mm -hmm. If you're allowing, you're in your connected mind. If you, right, what are the the other ones? Why are they escaping me all of a sudden? Uh, Desirelessness is important. um, Right. right. Which relates to, again, being... Letting not, go of the outcome. Right. right. And not, not striving, trying, not striving. Not striving. Yeah. Exactly. Which is so foundational to like meditation. So really, I mean, and I think maybe, maybe most people, I don't know if most people listening, but my assumption is that meditation is one common way. I think people are experiencing this now because more people are meditating, right. you know, even mindfulness meditation and that I think more people are doing that. So achieving this and maybe not even knowing that this is what yeah. they are. Well, you know what I training, think? Right. Yeah. All of the, all of the research we've done over the past 20 years into which now connects flow mediumship, telepathy, mm-hmm. channeling, it's all the same brain state, essentially. Right. right. Alpha waves show up, it's a, or alpha theta. Alpha theta. You're right. shifting in and out of alpha theta. So I think an important distinction is that, like, meditation is hard. Mm-hmm. And it'll take you a good, you know, week or a month of a lot of meditation mm-hmm. to get into a deep theta state. But there's simple things that you can do that will catapult you into that state almost instantly. Right. Um, so... You know, if you add an element of risk, so of skateboarding, snowboarding, oh, yeah. there's sensory immersion, there's an element of, of risk, there's a, a, a playfulness, a creativity. Mm-hmm. Those those are forms of meditation. Right. And I think a lot of people get stuck in, oh, I, like I need to meditate more, I need to be more intuitive, right. and they get frustrated without realizing that, oh, if I just go and garden oh, yeah. right. for two hours, right. mm. that will the same that benefits. Will so true, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's just it. It's not a one size fits all thing. So I'm just thinking, you know, my my time of like health coach and getting people healthy. Sometimes just achieving that flow state and getting out of their head is what's going to help them lose weight, reduce inflammation, mm-hmm. fight that disease or what yes. have you. But like, um, so just having people exercise in the gym, I realized it was kind of futile after mm-hmm. a while when it's like sitting under a tree and just having a good conversation, a good laugh because they haven't had that in a while. And again, that's put you right into that state again, right? right. Well, whatever yeah. your thing is, and it's yeah, for different is, people. Right? Yeah. Some people knitting, it's, again, it's this constant, you need a constant uh, attitude of play to see what's going to bring me into connection. 
yeah. and flow today. Right. And it could be something completely unexpected. And what worked for you for 10 years, might not work. one day might not work might not ever work. again. Right. Which I had said to you, just based on life changes and traumatic experiences that I had or life experiences, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of, I realized it was like riding a bike, but what worked before didn't work anymore. So like, again, talking about uh, fermentation, it's just not, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do it for you It doesn't make me shine like it, like it used to, right? So, but what makes you shine now? Right. Well, exactly now. I mean, thinking about nature connection and forest therapy and all this stuff now is, is kind of what... Then brings, that's the direction you go. Brings in. that out, right? And, and go with that, right? right? So, yeah, it's just it. It's neat to, I guess, traditionally, sometimes people might think or I might have thought that it's, um, oh, there's this one specific way in this lineage to get you to... to to this right but um so that said let's because you had mentioned it and i did want to chat about it was um you know going back to instagram again but i had seen pictures of you guys at burning man Mm -hmm. and um i had been there we'd been the same year didn't run into each other though in a city of eight Eighty thousand, I guess. Seventy. Seventy. Yeah, yeah. It's like a that. lot it's of people. It's a lot of people. So I mean, right. it makes sense. we did not which, cross which paths. Which is a little bit that surprising was, because yeah. the synchronicity of Burning Man is insane. So who knows, because maybe we've I, met so many people yeah. randomly there. All right. Who we know from life. Right. And the chances of us actually meeting them At are close there, to zero. Right? But it happens repeatedly. That's right. interesting. Well, maybe we did and we just didn't realize exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't think we knew each other then. No, no, no we wouldn't yeah. have. So how would we have yeah, known? Yeah, we wouldn't right? have so even known. Let's just say that maybe we did. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so I mean, that that's I had mentioned it as a training ground for expanding consciousness. or Absolutely. So I had treated it when I was there anyways. Um, as well as like, again, some healing. So very much... Uh, common thread throughout the show is you know we are our own healers we are our own shamans and being able to go in as you had said Mm -hmm. we can work things out so me specifically going to burning man was looking for like dance and play medicine which there's tons of that there right so um so there i was like essentially walking out of what i would call this um black hole kind of void that i was in for a couple years where um i don't even know it it was was probably a flow state of itself but it was it was interesting is all but anyways, coming to Burning Man, using that to kind of, I guess, recalibrate my consciousness mm-hmm. to to this present moment. And it is such a, uh, it's an amazing place for living in the present moment. So it, it brought me back into my body. And then, of course, through the use of psychedelics, I was able to kind of sit and work with certain things of my past, so past traumas and things like that, and just totally work right through them and going in again these altered states of consciousness and um yeah coming out of it with this profound down regulation of my nervous system and a changing of certain stories right in in my in my, in my brain that's a was so therapeutic and so healing that it's i just can't believe that we're all not going to burning man everywhere. i know <laughs> I really mean, though right everybody like, needs to prepare themselves for the ear beating of of hearing about what a wonder oh, i know wonder that place is but and not the, to mention the techno music that's loud and thumping too right it's just it's home <laughs> yeah. it's so wonderful it home, wonderful right? home or disney yeah. karaoke if that's your thing yeah, yeah. find that there too <laughs> sure. yeah. right but i think that what makes i mean what makes burning man amazing and how it's not like the matrix or yeah. is that it's not based on money it's not based on if you do this, I will do this. It's not based on conditions, right? So it's automatically set up. It's a petri dish for flow like states. Said, yeah. Like you, you said, know? we're structured to stay in that beta, and this is a place structured to, to not, not have us there. Which, right. In my opinion, is much more uh, synchronistic and sustainable, and in 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 with in line with the flow of nature. Really, absolutely, right? it teaches you how incredibly powerful you are. I mean, how easy is it to manifest anything you want at Burning Man? <laughs> Easy. Easy, yeah. Yeah, which sounds crazy if you haven't been there. 
It truly does. Yeah. But we started collecting stories, actually, of synchronicities from Burning Man. So we have about 35 or 40 stories. Um, everything from wanting to meet P. Diddy to wanting to fly out, out of the playa on a plane. Oh, right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all kinds of things. To finding the lens for their sunglass on the playa, like, days later. Wow. You know. Yeah, right. I mean, what are the chances of that? Um, yeah, no. Buried in the sand, you know. So this should it, this should be a book. This could, I well, the only reason book. why it hasn't become a book is right. because I don't. We're not. You're not supposed to profit from burning. Oh, of course, right. So <laughs> I'm sitting on these <laughs> well, stories just, trying to uh, figure out the bookstore there. I know they have the library. Even just right. You know, just oh yes, yeah, put it on the shelf there. Yeah, that would be awesome. Someone that picks would that be. book up. That would be cool. That's a great book. That's, That's a great place to put yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yes. So um, so yeah. I mean, Burning Man has a. It provi- it to me. It's like a yeah. week of 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 medicine, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it was, and it's just it's it's that very to use your terminology, which I use it often as well. Is yeah, unplugging from the matrix. It's mm-hmm. so it's so therapeutic, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's very reminiscent of times that I've had recently throughout this pandemic, where I'm feeling this expansive energy. Right when it all started, I don't know if you guys felt that calmness, um, stillness, that kind of just. Folks who hadn't, who had been going to work every day, nine to five, they stopped or that sports game that's not on anymore. It stopped. And the every energy of everybody coming online or offline or everyone looking right. out of the matrix, it just was like, whoa, I right. felt like I was looking at a sunrise on the playa. Right. Same vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So that said, there's a lot of medicine there. And I mean, how many, how many burns have you guys been to? Three. Three. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm really missing the fact that it's not going to be there this yeah. year. Yeah. Just to know that it's not there. I, I was wanting to go this year too, so yeah. I, I don't know. But uh, it'll make the next one all the more. All the more magic. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, um, we chatted a bit about so tools, I guess, and I was asking if there's any ways we can hack this. Um, in fact, I have a quote here from your website. Actually, no, I'm not going to read that now because we already chatted about plant medicine. I'm just looking okay. through some questions here. Um, but maybe we could talk more about nature. Because sure. that's kind of something that I have most of my experience. If I had a tool where I was trying to access this in the last five years since that first, uh, well, I shouldn't say since then, but since I started getting into um, shamanic journeying, which I guess was all around that same time, um, nature for me has been that tool. So how, like, what is like, not to say what is the mechanism there, but like that nature connection piece I find very interesting. Um, nature relatedness being very beneficial for psychological well-being. Um, and I would say psychological well-being is when we are in flow states. Like it's just, hey, I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling present in the moment. So yeah, what is maybe going on there, or what could you maybe guess as what's going on between nature and us? Is it the fact that we are nature, or <laughs> do you want to? Uh, uh, well, uh, let me flip that question a little bit, yeah. or flip the answer. Um, so one of our model, uh, we've called it focus-based flow. So the idea is that. Focus is all you really need to get into a flow state. Okay. And you can learn to, um, hype. It's a, it's a balance between hyper focus and total, uh, uh, peripheral focus. Okay. So it's that pure place of observation mm-hmm. and finding that balance. As soon as you hit that balance, you're in flow. Okay. doesn't matter what you're doing or what you want to do. Flow is right there. It's right there. Yeah. As soon as you, as you, as soon as you hit that. Uh, so, um, we all know the power of habit, but there's also, uh, if you bring in the uh, science of morphic resonance, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of no. 
Rupert Sheldrake's work. I've heard of Rupert Sheldrake. So, you yeah. just, could you say a little bit more than I guess? Uh, big body of work, yeah. uh, basically around the idea that um, everything in nature is uh, shaped around certain forms, okay. uh, and part of it is that what what hap- what's happened in the past, the more times it happens, it will tend to happen again. Mm-hmm. So it shows up in really weird ways, where, um, for example, chemicals that have ex- existed in nature. Um, are will be their boiling points are stable, so chemists always assumed boiling points are constant. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of his work was he looked at the boiling points of new substances, and it turns out they tend to go down with, with 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 time. Uh, so I think xylitol is a, is a familiar example. It was uh, mm. this also relates to how how chemicals crystallize. Okay. Uh, so xylitol was a liquid when it was first discovered. And about 60 years later, it suddenly started crystallizing into a solid. Nobody can get it to find the liquid form again. Okay. Um, with a high, bo- with a, and, and this crystal had a high boiling point. Um, and then it crystallized a few years later into a, into a different substance that we now use as a sweetener. Right. With a lower bo- boiling point again, no one can ever generate the, the old forms of it. And... The, the boiling point coming down indicates that there's less energy needed for that chemical to change into that form. Okay. So this is kind of a profound... This is Robert Sheldrake. So I'll... I'll uh, Rupert, Rupert Sheldrake. Yeah. 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 Yes, which yeah. I definitely have heard, and I'm trying to recall where exactly. But yeah, yeah. okay, thanks. So it's kind of a profound connection with the idea of flow um, in that this idea that once things have happened and, and a particular form is shared throughout all of nature, right. that f- anything will, will tend to to go towards that outcome, towards that form, and it takes less energy to do it. Right. So it's, well, I, want to, I want to throw the example of like, I'm thinking back to Jurassic Park, the water droplet on the hand and the, the next water droplet will essentially head that same way because it mm-hmm. takes less energy because it's already wet. And, right. Yeah, and exactly. It actually go that way. So Once you form a path, reforming it, it, yes, it becomes a path, right? And it turns out that almost anything you okay. do follows this pattern. So for example, uh, people trying to complete a New York Times crossword puzzle on the Sunday after it comes out, we'll do it faster and get it more complete than people who do it on the Saturday. Right. Because people have already, done, already it, done it. Right? Yes. So this yeah. provides actually kind of a new understanding yeah. of, of, for example, sports psychology. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, again, the idea of, uh, you know, the four minute mile, it mm-hmm. was impossible. Right. It was impossible. Um, and then once the four minute barrier was broken, all of a sudden, all kinds of runners. Started doing it. Started doing it. Mm-hmm. So one idea is that it's a psychological barrier, but morphic resonance brings us into the idea that maybe it's actually a physical barrier. Okay. And once that new, once that barrier had been broken, it became instantly easier for everybody. Right. So this connects okay. with the whole telepathy mediumship mm-hmm. idea, um, in that if if these forms are shared, okay, right, and throughout I have nature, this, right, then so if essentially the more people coming online and say practicing this type of focused attention, right? Then the easier it gets, the easier for, it everybody. gets for everybody. Yeah. And I've heard before now having a Gaia TV membership, I've watched lots of crazy things that are saying that we're here. And I mean, of course, many, many authors and people that I've read is saying the exact same thing that we're, we're kind of at that tipping point. And then mm-hmm. looking at what's going on in the earth right now and us again, being called to trust our intuition is just interesting that we're here mm-hmm. sharpening these skills, yeah. right? So Yeah, I think we're at a very big tipping point. But for again, so for you, yeah. for personally, for anyone personally as a tool, um, the idea is that it doesn't matter what you do to get into flow, whether it's it's cleaning the kitchen or 
uh, taking a walk in nature or doing, doing a sport, yeah. doesn't matter. whatever it is, the more time you spend there, the more that becomes entrenched as your, your default state of consciousness. And eventually you, the more time you, you dedicate to flow and play is just play is the easiest right. way play to get into, into yeah. flow. Yeah. The more time you do that, the easier it is to switch into those states. And to the point where it becomes more accessible. Those automatic. states become like snap, snap, snap right. whenever you want them. And then you're not like trapped in this idea that you are your beta. Right. Yeah. Oh gosh. Which is just so easy to get stuck in when we're having to tie our identity to the job or this role in our community or whatever, whatever right. it may be. Right. Yeah. And again, we're so structured like that. So yes. And uh, novelty is a huge oh. flow trigger, yes. right? So anything that, oh, yeah. that you do that's different, that's new, that's a little bit challenging, a little bit scary, right. it's going to put you in a flow state very quickly. Right. That's I'm, the other reason why so much magic happens at Burning Man. Right. Just Everything's that. novel there. Everything's novel, and there's a risk in the sense that you're living out in the desert for you a might too. die you at might any die. moment. <laughs> yeah. It's hot as hell. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, wow, that's, that's very interesting. Um, well, yeah, let's say more about your programming that on your website in that. Um, okay. As, you know, if anybody's interested in it, um, we'll definitely link your website in the show notes. But what, uh, yeah, tell us about your, your programming and kind of who you like to work with, who you normally work with, or what, what exactly, how can people work with you? Sure. Yeah. I, um, I have, it's in my, I think my website's a little bit on the evasive side, but I do have a uh, mediumship up. So if you mm -hmm. do want to do some mediumship, you can book that specifically mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that I have up is a uh, flow coaching right. and essentially that was, what that is yeah. for is let's just talk about what's going on in your life and we'll kind of tweak things so that you're more in balance. We'll find flow based solutions, um, to what's, you know, maybe going on, give yeah. lots and lots of homework. So it's a little yeah. bit like personal growth coaching, like that. but really intensive, like mm -hmm. it's pretty aggressive. Um, the other thing that I offer is a 12 week uh, intuitive development program where week by week I give ho uh, tons of homework and um, curriculum and coaching around developing your own abilities mm -hmm. that are sort of customized more to you and how you want to use them because how you want to use them isn't necessarily how, I mean, I've trained people it's who weeks, are yeah. traders, people mm -hmm. who want to communicate with dogs. Yeah. I mean, like literally it's all Such over the place. A, a gamut all over totally. the spectrum, right? Which I think is awesome because, yeah, it's... it's again, osteopaths. I, I, yeah, I love like, your website because I think it's, it's very accessible and I don't think good. it's... Because I, I, I do think that uh, it would attract, yeah, you've got your, your traders, like you said, and your mm -hmm. you know, communicators and everybody in between. And everyone in between, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's kind of, well, you're saying that it's intensive and I'm thinking of my education curriculum right now with school yeah. but it's it's something that i'm very interested in because like i said before it's like when being in flow states things happen in a way that seems a lot effortless and it's a way and i guess we've been chatting a lot about flow states but for mm -hmm. me personally that's kind of why i think it's important why I like i try to attain that is because um you're not forcing right. there's there's that not there's non-obligation feeling it's oh i should be doing this it's things are just happening and again in in my life um I felt like I've always had to plan, get the planner out and do this. And then when I started to say, okay, there's these goals and I'm going to work on them this week for 40 hours, let's say, or whatever I decide to, but let, let the flow of the day kind of guide me right. as long as I'm not being procrastinating or, or things like that. Then yeah. You can have a linear plan, but you can do it in a lateral way. Ooh. 
I like right? that. Yeah. yeah. Like That's there's hard. yeah. It's, it's hard a, even for my brain to com- commute what that looks like, but yeah. I, yeah. I I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like if you have a to do yeah. list, your little your own honeydew list, mm-hmm. you're gonna want to hit all of those things, but you can hit them in whatever order yeah. as your flow yeah. brings you yeah. to it. Exactly. And of course, there's the well known eighty twenty rule, Pareto's ratio, where oh, right, eighty percent of your productivity is gonna come from twenty percent of your your day of your day, mm-hmm. right? And that may well relate to how much time you can spend in flow, right? Well, it's right. so funny. I said 40 hours, but I'm, I'm much more of a, ever since reading the four hour work week, I've always been looking at my life like that, but yes, yeah. no, you're right. That is a, a good way of, of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're coming up on the hour here. Uh, I was wondering if you guys, well, actually one thing I wanted to do, because actually I think it's related to um, kind of what we we're just chatting about, but, or at least what we were chatting about a little bit ago is that, um, developing like a spiritual ego or like is right now this is becoming more popular how can one kind of weed through or like uh see or like i guess if someone's wanting to work with someone who's channeling how could they how how do they know and the reason why i'm asking this question is it's totally not for me it's for someone who's who isn't into this sort of thing but they had they had a loss of a loved one and they wanted to go so they call me up and sean how do you choose this person <laughs> so i you know i coached this person and i mean i'm not a, a, a coach in this sense but i i energetically open myself up put myself in the flow state the best i could and i would observe this uh, family member kind of waltz around a uh, psychic medium expo mm-hmm. and uh, just seeing you know where the connections were made and, and a connection was made and it was it was very helpful and healing mm-hmm. for but how how would someone kind of say aha this this person sits with me or this person's is full of it or something. You know, I right. Like- I mean, you know, especially now I'm, and it's funny cause we were just talking about it on the, on the car ride over here. Um, Instagram is just so filled with, you know, gurus. gurus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> more, yeah. No, I know <laughs> that is, I, you know, I'm not question, so sure that that's the place to look. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I would go via referral. Yeah. If there's someone that you've know that you know has had a good experience with somebody, mm-hmm. go to that person. Look at people's Google reviews, but don't necessarily go looking for some Insta guru. Right. Yeah. Because I don't know that that's necessarily I think you're going to get a lot of spiritual ego well, a, that way. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, and it's, it seems to always be close if you put it out there like it's within your community mo- mm-hmm. most like you're not saying always just within your community, but for the most part it's like if you put it out there and then you maybe go to Google or you're looking up, like it's, it's going to come to you. I feel like and right. you have to kind of tra- have this almost tap into this prior to coming to you and, and right. either learning about it or, or whatnot. And it's uh follow the yellow brick road. Follow you'll, the yellow brick road. You'll find your way there. That will work. Yeah. Um, so anyways, last question. I'll start with you, Angie. Okay. What is your wildest dream for the earth? Oh, wow. Hippy dippy is going to come out in me now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if it didn't by this point, it's, might yeah, well, no. Right? I mean, my wildest dream is um, absolute and total equality for every man, woman, straight, LGBTQIA, co- every color, everyone to experience total equality. Mm-hmm. I also want... Um, I want capitalism to go away. 
I've <laughs> 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 been dealing with that one a lot lately. We could, uh, no, have I, you? I, I, yeah, no, I have been because I mean, heck, yeah, let's let's say a little bit more. I mean, what, I don't mean, way? I don't mean I'm, I'm I want socialism, yeah, I want no, fascism. But I, say I want socialism or fascism either, right? No, no I don't have me. a plan, yeah. I just I don't want a money based. Yeah. Living anymore. Well, this is why I said I was just reading uh, Sacred Economics. I don't know if you've. I haven't read that. it. Okay, no. well, this is why this is for me, um, you know, having a business and economics degree and understanding economics, realizing that money and greed might be the root of the evil within this capitalist system. Yeah. So maybe hate hate the players, not the game kind of mentality. I sometimes oh, I think. hate the game too. But the though. game, but the game, the <laughs> yeah. game is rigged. And, and to your point about equality, it's just like, how can, how can we do that with this current system? Some people have individual wealth and profit. They're not going to power. This is what I've been not saying. Not going to give that up. So not to say that capitalism, like if we could have a level playing field and, and then, but again, even then, no, because money's a piece of that. And what we do for that becomes interesting. So yeah, sacred economics. It was um, I'm gonna yeah, gifting. It. It, it's all about gifting economy, right? Yeah. So talk about Burning, Burning Man, Man again, yeah. right? Um, that's not that hippy dippy at all. That okay, was a good. Beautiful answer. Thank you. Um, and that's just it. This stuff I, I hate. Um, I, I probably said far out a few times because I. That's just the word I used to it's explain. One of my this. favorite phrases. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, oh, here we go. Sounded like a bunch of hippies, but no. I mean, he, but here we are. Also, at the same time speaking in front of universities and uh, scientific research in all different forms being done and, and hopefully will continue to be done. So I think it's, it's not all that hippy dippy and whatever. Not anymore. Yeah, and there's not so anymore. much science out there that yeah. is so conveniently ignored. And, yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be science. Go and experience this, live in a flow state for yourself. Right. That's like, I've been trying not to, at least lately anyways, with some of the science going out to rely on science and say science says is just anymore not good enough for me. And uh, I really do think it's go experience it for yourself. Absolutely. That's plenty yes. for me. So yes. Rod, what's your wildest dream for the earth? Uh, first, I should say I'm, I'm very hopeful that we are at that tipping point and that um, I, I know from the, just the, the absolute magic of what happens when you're uh in a flow state and you get out of what we call survival consciousness mm. that, uh, I am absolutely convinced that the new earth and how quickly it will manifest will be far beyond any of our wildest dreams and better than we could even possibly imagine at this point. And I'm so hopeful because, uh, again, I think from our perspective, um, so many issues disappear as soon as you start living a life in flow mm -hmm. because you automatically become peaceful mm -hmm. and compassionate and have an abundance mindset and you see solutions that benefit everybody involved mm -hmm. instantly. Mm -hmm. And it's simply getting out of that, that ego-based survival, survival consciousness that right. says, I have, to, uh, I have to hoard, I have to gain power, I have to gain prestige. I have to take over resources and control things. Mm -hmm. um, and as soon as that consciousness starts to dissipate, so many issues disappear automatically. Right. It's uh, interesting you say that. And I think back to my recent couple of weeks in uh, having this 28 acres of Canadian shield, mm -hmm. um, you know, 
and it's easy to sometimes slip into thinking, oh, it's like right now, it's that survival mindset. I can just stay here. I'll live out my life. But then I sit there and I look at nature and the interconnectedness of all things and the gifting of the oxygen to the to us mm-hmm. and then our carbon dioxide back. And it's just this, it's, it is the foundation. Flow state is the foundation. So to, the idea to go up there and hide from things, this is like, no, this is like... That's just, that's one, not the answer. And I realize that. And it's more so to let people experience these types of flow states, whether it be walking on one of the trails that I've spent tireless hours c- cutting recently, or nice. uh, just, you know, finding these flow states through hopefully listening to this podcast. Yeah. So, and that moment yeah, when you, you you look at the grandioseness of nature and you realize the the absolute miracle uh, and connectedness of everything and that you're part of that connection. Right. And how it's always, Yeah. yeah. And yeah. always been going on and we are a part of it, right? And I think that's part of the brilliance that automatically comes out in flow is that you just, you understand intuitively what your mm-hmm. part of the whole is mm-hmm. and how you can fulfill your role in that moment. Without a doubt. Well, I think I will leave it like that. If um, maybe say a little bit about your website, how people can find you or your book and even um, what, what the book uh, sure. encompasses. Yeah. Sure. Um, thank you, by the way, for having us. Yeah. Uh, it was really thank you nice. For being here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a really great it's a pleasure. Time. Yes. Thank and um, our book is called Consciousness Becomes You. You can find it on Amazon. And uh, my website is angieristone.com. And you can get a hold of me through that if you have any questions or if you want to book an appointment or if you just want a free consultation. Mm-hmm. We can have a phone call if you just want to ask about my services or ask about anything specific about your situation and whether or not we can deal with that. You just reach out and book a session and we can. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And um, yeah, maybe you want to say, say a little bit about the book itself, Rod? Um, uh, just give folks a, a little. Sure. So uh, our book is Consciousness Becomes You. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, um, it, it, it really deals with how, how to navigate mm-hmm. once you're in a deep state of flow. So we, we sort of left the question of how do you get to flow uh, largely out of the book, just assuming that people picking up the book would have already had some experiences and want to know more. Um, and it, there is a lot of science in it. Um, my half is science. Angie's half is, is the, the, the um, personal how-to, how to navigate, how to, how to what it contextualize feels like inside a psychic experience. Um, and, and it partly bra- deals with sort of breaking down limiting, limiting beliefs one by one that tend to keep people out of flow states and in, in fear of their own connection yeah, and own power. That fear is a thing. This is why you guys brought me the book. Everything you just said is like got my, got my name on it. So I'm going <laughs> to fit it, I'm gonna fit it into, the, uh, into the schedule here without a doubt. Perfect. But uh, yeah, so thanks guys for being here. And thanks again. Yeah, thanks for coming Thank out. You. And thanks to everybody listening. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and stay wild. star rating if you have enjoyed this episode i have so much gratitude for all of you who continue to share this show with your friends it really does mean so much to me if you want more content from rewild my bio then please check out rewildmybio.com to find previous episodes and sign up for the newsletter in the newsletter i share blogs i have written and reflections from my current health promotion research 
please follow along on Instagram and Telegram with the handle at RewildMyBio and on Twitter at Sean Slade. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay wild.